Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 30th of November. Television personality Matt Wright is set to face a Darwin court today after being charged in relation to a fatal helicopter crash that killed his Outback Wrangler co-star, Chris Willow-Wilson, earlier this year. The 43-year-old flew to the Northern Territory yesterday after a warrant was issued for his arrest. He and his team greeted by a heavy crowd of media at the airport and when he arrived at the police station in Darwin. Is there anything you'd like to say about the allegations at all? Okay. What did you do at the crash site, Mr Wright? After a number of hours in questioning, Mr Wright was charged with several offences, including attempting to pervert the course of justice, destruction of evidence and interfering with witnesses. He strenuously denies any wrongdoing and was released on bail. In other news this Wednesday morning, we're being warned to expect airport chaos and lengthy flight delays next week as airport firefighters walk off the job. Our major domestic airlines have vowed to keep flying despite the industrial action as firefighters call for better pay and work conditions. The strike will take place next Friday, December the 9th from 6 to 10am at more than 20 airports across the country. Here's Wes Garrett from the United Firefighters Union. We will stand up for aviation safety in this country. Something needs to be said about it. We take this very seriously. This is not something that's taken lightly. So far, Virgin, Qantas and Jetstar are still selling tickets to fly within those times. And Dominic Lamb from Air Services Australia has told Channel 7 they have a plan but would not reveal the exact details. There's a whole raft of things that Air Services Australia will put in place to ensure that people can still operate and fly around our country in a safe manner. The New South Wales government will withdraw more than 30,000 COVID fines after a ruling in the Supreme Court. Lawyers for two people who had been fined during the COVID lockdowns took their case to court with the court ruling the fines were invalid. Lawyer Samantha Lee says the decision now has implications for the rest of the country. Uh, This case has set a precedent that all those fines are invalid and should never have been issued. Revenue New South Wales says it will now contact affected residents to organise refunds or credits. Meantime, legislation for a new National Anti-Corruption Commission has passed through the Senate overnight. One amendment from the Greens was supported by the Coalition, which would expand the powers of an inspector who will be appointed to keep checks and balances on the corruption body. The federal ICAC will investigate corruption at a national level, including by ministers and parliamentarians. Meantime, Federal Parliament will this morning vote on a censure motion against former Prime Minister Scott Morrison. It would see the former PM condemned for secretly appointing himself to five ministries while in the top job, but it would have no legal or professional implications. Nationals leader David Littleproud has criticised the move on the censure motion, saying Parliament should be working on more important issues. Well, I was the first to condemn Scott Morrison for what he did, but a censure motion is nothing more than a political stunt. There's recommendations about how we protect our democratic institutions. We should spend our time in the parliament fixing that and then fixing the cost of living pressure that this government has put us under, whether it be power, whether it be food or whether it be your mortgage. It comes as division within Mr Proud's party emerges over its stance on the proposal of the Indigenous voice to parliament. 
Former New South Wales MP Daryl Maguire has been charged with criminal conspiracy by Australian Border Force officials over his alleged involvement in a cash for visas scam. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the latest from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Daryl Maguire did not face the Downing Centre local court in person here in Sydney yesterday. The ex-Wagga Wagga MP instead appeared via video link because of the ongoing floods in the state's Riverina region. He was granted bail and told to hand his passport into authorities and not go within 500 metres of an international departure point. The case has been adjourned until February 7. The former MP resigned from the Liberal Party following an anti-corruption inquiry back in 2018, while his relationship with former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian led to the end of her political career last year. An ICAC reporting to Ms Berejiklian's conduct is due to be handed down soon. And after weeks of industrial action, WA nurses' fight for better paying conditions has taken an unexpected turn. Our reporter Alicia McFarlane has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. The Industrial Relations Commission will meet with the Australian Nursing Federation today as it attempts to deregister the union. The move is a result of thousands of nurses striking last week. The commission saying the union defied orders, failed to adhere to commitments and made public statements about the orders. The ANF's Janet Ray says it won't fix the wage dispute. It's not good for the dispute, that's for sure. It's outrageous, in fact. Um, the nurses and midwives of Western Australia will be absolutely fuming. Uh, this latest action does nothing to solve the current dispute with the public sector EBA. If the suspension goes ahead, it'll be a WA first. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning to the electricity price crisis firstly, and the government is reportedly set to cap the price of natural gas. This is good news, great start, but does it go far enough and will it actually cut the cost of our soaring power bills? Tash, good morning. Yeah, this is really, really big news right across the economic spectrum. I'm going to say, look, I'm not super, super excited about this one. From a policy perspective, the government said they're going to cap or they're planning to cap the gas price apparently between $11 and $13 a gigajoule. Now, that's a decent margin over what they've been getting in the past still, not as high as they've been making recently. So, you know, it's not a, not a terrible deal for those uh, energy providers. The question, of course, is whether governments should be legislating after the fact to restrict something that was entered into in a good faith. I'm not sure I love it. On the flip side, we know the energy prices are simply just completely out of control. And I also can't blame them for saying, you know what, the more important thing right now is making sure people can actually get the heater on, get the aircon on, put food on the table, where we've got prices doing what they're doing and inflation out of control. I think on balance, it's roughly right. It's an uncomfortable situation to be in, uh, but I think the lack of previous planning means this is probably the right strategy to take. Yes, Scott, speaking of resources, and while many Australians are really struggling at the moment, some are making an absolute fortune, including billionaire Gina Reinhart, her Royal Hill Mine, making an absolute fortune. Oh, my goodness. I, I think we're going to have to come up with a new title. A billionaire doesn't seem like enough these days, is it? She's actually going to make $2.3 billion in dividends from Roy Hill. Wow. The, the uh, business itself, though, made $3.2 billion in profit. So I guess to keep a billion and still pay out $2.3 billion in dividends to Gina. She's doing very, very nicely. Thank you very much. It is just a phenomenal. Is about the scale of that? Think about how much iron ore you'd have to move to justify not not revenue of that much, but profit of that much. It is just a phenomenal, phenomenal operation. And, of course, it's not the only one over in WA. But, uh, yeah, a remarkable amount of money being made by a relatively few people. Yeah, absolutely. Some are doing really well. Majority, Mm -hmm. not so much. And talking about not such good news, another prediction from a major bank about a global recession ahead. 
Oh, yeah. This is, you know, <laughs> you don't talk about these things, but we kind of have to. Deutsche Bank, uh, one, one of the big global investment banks, has looked at what's happened in the past when central banks have tried to get inflation under control. They've gone back to the 1960s and said that it's almost inevitable that every time there's been a meaningful slowdown in prices, that is going from an inflationary scenario to a deflationary one, or one where inflation has been brought down meaningfully, there's been a recession in those countries. And when you think about the fact that it is literally happening right around the world, now the inflation outbreak is truly global. If we were to try and reverse it, or the central banks are exactly trying to reverse it, if they're successful, Deutsche Bank believes, there will be a, a, an economic recession, probably unemployment going up at, up by two or two and a half percentage points, and possibly a 25% fall in global stock markets. It's not, not a pretty picture, is it? And this is the challenge for central banks. If prices keep going up, we all get hurt. If they bring them down and cause a recession, then maybe not as many of us get hurt, but we get hurt more severely because those people who are out of work often can't pay the bills, can't pay the mortgage. There are no winners in this one, unfortunately. The best we can hope for is central banks can make the landing as soft as literally possible, try and spare as many people as much pain as possible. Yeah, fingers and toes crossed. Certainly a roller coaster ahead. Thanks so much, Scott. Sure is. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Josh Conway. And Josh, good morning. The summer cricket test starts this afternoon and our captain has hit back at a former Aussie coach. That's right, and good morning to you, Tash. The first of two tests against the West Indies does kick off today at Perth's Optus Stadium, but it does come against the backdrop of this feeling that our national team is a bit on the nose with the public, in particular over in WA, after favourite son Justin Langer was ousted from his coaching job earlier this year. Langer lashed so-called cowards for leaking against him in a recent interview, which did seem to point the finger at Captain Pat Cummins, amongst others. Now, Langer has backtracked those comments, and while Cummins says things are all good, he was pretty clear on one point yesterday. There's no cowards in an Australian cricket team, not ever. Thank Justin for, I guess, clarifying his remarks afterwards. You know, we're really proud of the last 12 months. Players can certainly hold their heads high. The Aussies have named a settled 11 for the test. There's no place for Ashes hero Scott Boland, while the tourists will hand a test debut to Tangerine Chanderpaul, son of Windy's great Shibnarine, and you can catch every ball live on the listener app too, Tash. And Josh, we're super excited. Not that we're counting, of course we are. Just one more sleep until the Socceroos make history in Qatar. Yeah, a victory or draw against Denmark tomorrow morning. We'll see the Socceroos progress to the World Cup knockout phase for the first time since 2006. But coach Graham Arnold has issued a sobering message overnight. Arnold saying progression may paper over some cracks about the game down under more broadly. The Socceroos are just the icing on the cake. The most important thing is the ingredients. And the ingredients is junior development and junior national teams. And if that's not right, then the icing will not taste very good. In World Cup action this morning, Tash, Senegal progressed to the knockouts while Qatar became the first host nation to lose three games at the tournament Humbled 2-0 by the Netherlands. Afif back. Klaassen sends it in. Memphis Depay. Saved and then in. More unwanted history for Qatar on SBS there. And some famous names are back in the AFL following the completion of the draft last night. Twins Alwyn Jr. and Jaden Davey following in the footsteps of Dad Alwyn to Essendon. While Cooper Harvey, son of League Games record holder Brent, has joined Alastair Clarkson's North Melbourne. And that is what is making news in the sporting world, Tash. Thanks so much, Josh. 
and Aussie rock and roll legend, the one and only Jimmy Barnes, has been forced to cancel his upcoming summer concerts, revealing he needs urgent surgery. The 66-year-old says jumping off PAs and stomping around stages for nearly 50 years has caught up with him, saying he's recently been in plenty of pain and now needs a back and hip operation. As everybody knows, it's against my religion to cancel shows. I would have put them off. Uh, but the doctors tell me I need to get an operation as soon as possible uh, and it's going to really limit my movements for the next few months. We wish Barnsey all the very best and a speedy recovery. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda. In your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. All right.